Welcome to Grace to All. I'm your host, Paul Gray. You've probably used the word grace, sang Amazing Grace, or said grace at a meal. But did you know that God's grace is way better than we can even imagine, and that you and all people already have an abundant supply of God's unlimited amazing grace? Today, we're going to hear the truth about God's amazing grace to all people. So, sit back, relax, and prepare to be inspired and awakened to the amazing treasures that you already possess. This is truth that you can handle. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Grace to All with Paul Gray. And I know you're going to enjoy our guest today as I do. He's my friend, David Adams, who lives in Florida. And uh, we've interacted a lot on Facebook over the last few years, but never seen each other in person. So you get to see him and I do too. And welcome, David. Thanks for being with us. Well, thank you for inviting me, Paul. And I don't know if it's such a beautiful sight for them to get to see me. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, the beautiful spirit of the Lord is coming right through us both, and uh, I know that they can see that. David, I always like to start out by asking our guest, how has your growing understanding of God's unconditional love and grace for everybody, how's that affected your life where the rubber hits the road with friends and relatives, family, uh, people in the workplace? How's it affected you? Well, it's made me a more loving person for the most part. I still have my times where my temper flares up and I lose it a little bit. But for the most part, I treat even strangers better than I used to. I used to have a job where I dealt with strangers every day and I learned to interact with them and show them compassion, pray for them if they need a praying for, take time to mainly just stop and listen to their stories. And if I could help them financially, I would. If it was the last $2 I had, I've done that before. My family, I've begun to understand a lot more why people are the way they are. Mm. And a lot of it is they don't know who they are. They don't know who they are as a child of God. They know themselves as a father, a mother, a doctor, or a nurse, a worker somewhere. They know themselves as an alcoholic or a drug addict or a bartender or a prostitute, a politician, whatever. But most people don't know themselves as the child of God and that we were made in the, his image and that we are all brothers and sisters. I've been on Facebook about three and a half years. My daughter-in-law, Megan, God bless her. She said, I'm going to make you a Facebook page. I've said, I don't want to get on Facebook. I don't need none of that stuff on there. I didn't know what Facebook was about. Well, Facebook is about what you make it. You can make it about politics, which a lot of people, oh, I don't know how they do that. But I decided to make mine about God's unconditional love. And I've been heading steadily down that path for three and a half years or so now. And I am so glad for my daughter-in-law that she made me a Facebook page. Well, and you have such wonderful posts, David, and uh, they're just delightful to read. Lots of people comment on them, and you always have a wonderful picture that you post with them. Do you take those pictures yourself, or where do you get them? A lot of them I took myself. Uh, a lot of them are in the cow pasture right behind my house. But really? 
occasionally I will see something that a friend took and I'll say, Hey, I'm stealing this from you. And they know I'm joking. They I'll ask them. I've already asked them usually, but uh, if they've let me take one, they can figure I'm going to steal some more. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of people let me use their pictures and, and I'm glad for that because for some reason, this phone I have now is what I take the pictures with and it doesn't do as good as the one I had before. And the pictures don't look that good because I really like the sunsets and if I can get them, the sunrises, I'm up for the sunrise, but there's all kinds of stuff in the way here and I'd have to drive somewhere to get a good picture. So you got a cow pasture in your backyard, huh? For now. They're talking about putting a housing development back there. Wow. Do you live in the country or on the edge of town? I live kind of on the edge of Lakeland, Florida. It used to be a worse area than it is now, but it's getting better. They're starting to tear down some of the old houses and build new ones in the neighborhood. And I guess if they build that development, the cost of the land around here will go up and it may get better. I don't know. I like things the way they are right now. I've been living here for almost 20 years and I have the best. Oh, really? Good. So are you from Florida to begin with? Does my accent sound like I'm from Florida? Maybe Alabama. Alabama, Southeast Alabama near (laughs) Dothan. I was born in Ozark, raised, went to school in Delville through most of elementary school and uh, lived actually in a little town called Clayhatchee. Not actually in the town. We were between Delville and Clayhatchee, but closer to Clayhatchee. We moved down here Christmas of 1971. Wow. And well, the you... rest of my family has since moved back to Alabama. Really? Oh, I got sand in my shoes and my shoes are flip-flops. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been down here. Yeah. So you were a pastor for a while, right? Yes. Well, I came to the Lord in the mid-90s, about 1985, I think. Hmm. I don't remember the date. I know they say if you don't remember the date that, you know, you ain't really saved, but they're lying to you. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> And it took me about 10 years. I became a pastor at a church here between Lakeland and Auburndale in a little area they call Kayville, but that's because nobody could remember the actual name. (laughs) I pastored there for a couple of years and co-pastored with someone else for a couple of years. And that's where I first heard the message of ultimate reconciliation of all things. I rejected it so hard and so fast. Did you? I didn't give anybody a chance to argue with me. Then um, I kind of got out of church after those two, and I went through a divorce. Those things kind of happened simultaneously. And I guess I was, I'm guessing around 2010 of me just out doing my own thing. My son invited me to a Bible study. Well, it surprised me he was born to one. But he knew a lot of the stuff I did believe, and he said they believe a lot like me. Well, at that point, they were coming into the grace message like Joseph Prince and Andrew Womack. Mm-hmm. And uh, I thank God for those guys. I wish they would go farther with their message. Sure. But uh, I left the meeting, and I'm like, man, them people are going to hell. <laughs> they, they, they're just going to. They're just going to slide right off the foundation. They're going to go to hell. And so I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to study this stuff, and I'm going to listen to these people that they're talking about, and I'm going to prove them wrong. (laughs) (laughs) How'd that work out for you? (laughs) 
Oh, look at me now. now. They were wrong because they weren't going far enough with it yet either. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. But I was way wrong. We don't have those meetings anymore, but I sure do miss them. And they were at a friend's house. Well, he became a friend when I started growing. They don't have it anymore, but we would go there. We would eat and fellowship. And then we'd sit around and discuss the scriptures or Occasionally, we'd have a speaker payment come in. We had Bertie Brits come once, mm. and Francois Dutrois came Really? Once. Really? Andre, he came once. Mm-hmm. We had several good speakers. Well, yeah. I just hate it. I was sick. I went when Francois was there, but I was so sick, I couldn't even hold my head up. Mm. So I remember he said one thing. I raised my head up. I said, Amen. <laughs> I put it back down and I don't even remember what it was that he said, but it struck the chord in my spirit. Mm. And uh, anyway, it was a great bunch of meetings, but I guess it's time was up and I would like to get something like that going myself, but my apartment is way too small. I got plenty of parking, but not much room for sitting in my apartment. I yeah. guess if I really, now I'm thinking I may be able to do it. Well, yeah, you might be able to meet outside, too. No, no. I live on the second story, and mosquitoes, this is Florida. Ah, okay. And if it's not mosquitoes at night, it's heat or rain in the daytime. (laughs) Well, that takes care of that. Well, David, you went there to prove those folks wrong. What clicked in your mind? What changed and started you on a different direction? Well, I had never believed in the doctrine of once saved, always saved. And it was one little step at a time. Mm -hmm. I started trying to prove that wrong first. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't do it. I I (laughs) thought I knew the scriptures, but I didn't know them like I should. And then from there, it was like, okay, well then, what about free will? And that led me, you know, you study free will, you also have to study predestination. And I'm like, what about free will? It led me down a predestination road that I'd never saw come, mm. that we were all predestined. Because yeah. God had, Jesus came first for the salvation of the world. Before the foundation of the world, Christ was already the lamb that was slain. Indeed. And he was slain to take away the sin of the world. That means nobody from Adam to whoever is left out. Yeah. Whoever, whoever the last person born is included and everybody in between, because he was actually the one that was predestined. Mm-hmm. He came to the line of Israel, which was a chosen people to bring forth the Messiah. It's not that they were any more special other than the fact that God chose the children of Israel to bring forth the Messiah. But in order to give a jab to the Jewish people that were going to get so religious about it. There were several Rahab and Ruth, and I think a couple of more that were Gentiles that are part of Mm -hmm. Jesus lineage. And it was like God saying the Gentiles are included. Don't forget what I told Abraham. All nations of the earth will be blessed. Yeah. And Jesus is the fulfillment of that promise because he is the blessing of all nations. He is indeed. Mankind. Yeah, he is indeed. And God chose the Israelites to reveal himself to 
so that they could come to know the the only true God, as Jesus called him, and then so they could tell everybody else. Well, unfortunately, like many of us, uh, they kind of got to that chosen part and uh, stopped right there and thought, we're the chosen and nobody else is. <laughs> and we do the same thing. We become the frozen chosen. Yeah, don't we? Yeah. yeah and I, In fact, I was headed down this road during my uh, re-education. People call it de- deconstruction, but I'm just going to call it re-education. I've seen a lot of people re-educate themselves or deconstruct themselves until they don't even have a foundation to stand on. And some of them think they're God now. And some of them think the universe is God. Well, I'm sorry, God's the one that created the universe. You know, they like to refer to Jesus as some impersonal force or consciousness or like some, uh, he is everything. No, he fills everything. He created everything so that he could fill it and become in a, the only sense in which he is everything is he is so entangled in his own creation, but especially humanity. Humanity is made in his image, created in his image. And people get away from the resurrection. You can have an analogy and it still be something that happened in this physical, natural realm. But a lot of people think analogy is just a made up tale. Well, that's not necessarily so, because uh, Hagar was a type of the Old Covenant. Well, was there an actual Old Covenant? Yes. So it's more than just an analogy. It was an actual happening. And we see these things, and people so totally deconstruct that you don't even hear the name of Jesus. You might hear Christ consciousness, and that's fine, but... I would rather recognize Jesus as my older brother, someone I can talk to, an actual being, because some people do not understand that when the Bible talks about us being one with God, that we are united with him. We are not him. I can prove it to you. I have never walked on water. I have never ice skated, but I guarantee I couldn't do that either. And if I was to walk on water, it would have to be ice and I would slide down. So, you know, all these people, yes, we are one with God. We're one with the Father. We're one with the Son. We're one with the Holy Spirit. But we're not them. We're not God. And that's an area I'm having to. Now, I hope I don't foresee it. I don't foresee me deconstructing so far that I fall over into that camp. Like, you know, because to prove the grace teaching wrong, I proved them right. And I doubt very seriously I'll prove this other group right because Jesus is the foundation. He's the creator. We're not, look, we're not the creator of nothing. Create your own world. Go ahead. Show me how you're going to do it. You can't create anything. Now, you can agree with God's promises and they will manifest. But you have created nothing. Jesus is the creator of all things. That's the way I see that. Yeah, well, I'm with you, David. And it's very personal, at least to me. And I, I believe that's what God wants with everyone. Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I, I think the, the foundational reason that the Trinity is the foundation of 
Christ followers is that the three of them existed before anything in relationship, and they want us to experience that relationship with them. It's pretty hard to, uh, well, it's impossible to know or love or like or hang out with an impersonal force. The wind is a force. Uh, electricity is a force. Gravity is a force. Hey, uh, I'm you trying know. to grab electricity. That don't work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, it certainly doesn't. So I sometimes with people, I think it's semantics and whatever. But I also think it seems to me like some people go too far with this. And, you know, like you were talking about before with Joseph Prince and uh, Andrew Womack and uh, whoever the other one you was mentioned, you know, those guys, uh, they have a platform and they reach people who are you know, maybe coming out of legalized religion. Uh, Joseph Prince was a big help Appreciate to me. him so much. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, me too. And I too wish that they would go further. Having said that, they are in a position and in a place to help people. They serve a purpose, and that's a good purpose. They were there for me at the right time. And, you know, God's working all things for the good with all people. His timing is perfect. And so I'm grateful for that. Yeah. Yes, name too. I appreciate Joseph Prince, Andrew Womack. A lot of people don't like Joel Osteen, but I like him. Well, I like him too. I used to listen to him all the time, and I like him. Uh, you know, there are other people that I uh, listen to now, but I, you know, I, his his messages and his books were helpful. We went to his church one time, and it was an exciting place. And God uses us all right where we're at. I'm grateful for that, and and He's using you very much. We're getting close to the end of our time here. We'll stop the recording in a minute, and you and I will stay on the line, and then we'll do another recording that people can listen to a week later. We'll have the same shirts on and the same background, but uh, uh, we'll tell them it's a week later, and that's when they'll hear it. But David, your name, David Adams, is just like it would traditionally be spelled, and that's how people can find you on Facebook, right? Yes, sir, and my profile picture has me with a lap full of youngins. Those are my grandkids. Good. And you'll be the David Adams in Lakeland, Florida? Believe it or not, I looked one time and there's about 10 or 12 in this area. But I'm David Adams, live in Lakeland. You read my post, you'll know it's me. We'll talk about your post a little bit when we do the next interview. So, David, thanks for being here for this interview. And Thank uh, you, Paul. Thanks to all of you who've been watching us and joined us today and been with us for Grace to All with Paul Gray. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Grace to All. For more about us, how we can serve you, and our special guest, please visit www.gracewithpaulgray.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode and to join our Facebook group, Grace to All, where you'll be inspired and awakened to more truth that you can handle.